episode is Wednesday, August 19th, 2020. This is the Tanaka Cast. I'm Dan and I'm joined by Barra. Hey, everybody. And the Tanaka Cast is your look at baseball and the baseball season through the lens of Masahiro Tanaka and his various starts. Um, we encourage you to check us out on our website, spoilermedia.net slash TanakaCast, or on any of those fun podcasting apps you might use, iTunes, Spotify, etc., etc. Barra, how are you today? Oh, <laughs> not, the, not the best when it comes to, uh, to my, well, my Tanaka fandom and standing has, has not waned, but uh, our boy definitely got lit up yesterday by the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, there were. This is was his fourth start of the season. Uh, you know, he was actually no apologies. It was his fifth start of the season, mm-hmm. and uh, this was the first time. And this was, I would say, his first truly bad start. Uh, mm-hmm. Before in before he came into this, he he came into this start with like uh, ERA in the twos. He now has a four point six zero ERA. Um, now, granted, he's been build, he's been building up after getting that liner to the head from Giancarlo Stanton, but in previous things, he you know, never given up more than two runs in a start, uh, and he it's and uh, this time he gave up uh, five five earned runs, uh, six uh, five uh, and as as long as well as an unearned run, and you know two home two homers, someone scored off a pass ball. People hit people. Where I've seen, I saw a statistic that this was of all of his 100 and more than more than 160 starts. I believe it's 168. Uh, this is the one where he had the most hard hit balls. Um, and you can see this um, the map of his locations. Like he just didn't have any of his pitches to really work with this time. Uh, I will say that in the uh, in the annals of uh, baseball, it's a superstitious sport. I took a run from uh, my place in Florence to downtown Northampton to get local burger. I had the game on as I was running. Uh, I got my got my burger and fries, and my phone my phone died. You know, right into this in the second inning. The first inning, Tanaka went one two three. By the time I get back in the in the fourth. He had been lit up for four runs and in the third, and I was like, "Oh, oh dear." Uh, so, so perhaps Massa realized I wasn't listening in subconsciously, and then it all went went to heck. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, so yeah, it's just like this was this was definitely the first bad start of the season. Uh, I think he's going to make adjustments. Uh, this was unusual in terms of the you know I mean I think it may have also been due. He's had a great record against the Rays. Uh, he also generally has a good record when he has rest. So he had both of these things. Typical pitches well at Yankee Stadium. But this is one of those times where those factors didn't happen, and uh, the Yankees actually got their first home loss under him. Uh, so, so, uh, so yeah, that was that's uh, that's the long of the of the short of it about what happened last night. Five earned runs over four innings played, uh, only two strikeouts, yeah. and it's all. Your fault, Barra. <laughs> yes, completely my fault. We we will talk about superstition and tradition later on uh, during this cast as we talk about the three and O news, but we will we will hold that for a moment because um, we do want to talk a bit more about his performance, the game, uh, the standings in the AL East first. So, was there were there any other 
comments that you had on on his start overall? Well, I mean, I think that it's interesting that uh, you know it was he the Yankees did manage to get some offense, unlike the last time where he got a no decision with the Rays when it was like lights out and he pitched five innings with one hit. But uh, you know the Rays won one zero. The Yanks got three hits. Um, at one point in the seventh, they had bases loaded and two out uh, and one out. Um, but Luke Voigt struck out, and then uh, Gio Urshela uh, proceeded to, uh, to 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 get out on the ba- to I believe he grounded out on that one. So it was like essentially, uh, you know, they had a chance to they made some runs, but you know, a six. Uh, a six-one hole is is not the it, or a five a five-one hole should then become a six-one hole after he was pulled after like the first pitch home run uh, is it's hard to come back from. It's also hard to come back when you have uh, three of your best hitters. DJ LeMahieu was like you know may hit for over four hundred this year. Aaron Judge, who's Aaron Judge, and John Carlos Stanton uh, are all injured right now. Uh, mm. So. Uh, so yeah, so that's uh, I guess those are this is the other thing about that, but those are yeah less really to than than what Tanaka Tanaka's deal like he just he didn't have his pitches he didn't have his uh, uh, any of his pitches and he wasn't able to find tools in which to grind it out which you saw in the Atlanta start that's what he did oh pro- previously and it's capable like if he has anything in his toolbox the guy is able to generally like grit and like work towards a quality start. But he just uh, he didn't have it, and sometimes your pitchers don't have it. Uh, you know, as someone who's like new to Tanaka World, what 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 were your thoughts about like seeing the line, and uh, were you able to catch any of the game at all? I wasn't able to catch any of the game this time around, unfortunately. Um, no, I mean it just seemed like a it just seemed like a an off start, getting back into the swing of things, pitching a bit more. That happens. I think he's been tremendous otherwise, and we'll see what happens, but feels like maybe just a fluky performance that he'll uh improve on and uh, as a result well would you yeah. like to um uh to read his tweet from post game dan oh i can i i honestly did not have it open i feel super underprepared do you have it pulled up I, to, to read I, it? I, I i have it pulled up um why don't you why don't you go for it i'll, I'll push it i have pitched in a raise game it was a pitching frustration that caused me to fight against myself from beginning to end if you don't move forward with this experience, it will be useless. So I'll make another adjustment for tomorrow. Exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> I did, to be fair, I did read it uh, earlier today. I just didn't have it pulled up in front of me for, for, uh, yeah. for this. Uh, also, he seems to be very into PUBG because now in his Twitter bio, PUBG is in it. So yeah. <laughs> he seems to very much be enjoying gutting people down with that like strange bear head on his avatar. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we'll have to keep an eye on his uh, PUBG career as well. Exactly. So. Oh man, that would be that'd be pre- that'd be priceless. So, you know, he didn't have a great start, but the good news for the Yankees is they are still very much in first place in the AL East, and um, they were able to pad it. Uh, pad their 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 wins, uh, you know, to to prep for this loss um, with their series with the Red Sox uh, over the weekend. Um, yeah, yeah, that's painful. <laughs> that is and painful and hard to. T- oh, sorry, go on. Well, just just hard to take. I, I would like you to elaborate on that because uh, you know, like the Yanks uh, lost three or four to the Rays, and then they went on a six game streak, which where they took. Two games off the Braves, and then four straight games off the Boston Red Sox, and currently 
the streak that the Yankees have is like the most wins in a row against the Red Sox uh, since like 1953, I do believe. And so we're looking at <laughs> it's the, it's a t- counting last year. It's a 10 game streak. It's uh, and so yeah, uh, you know, as a Red Sox fan, what are your thought? What were your thoughts about that series? And also about like the current uh, current state of the rivalry because I certainly have thoughts, but you know, as our resident Red Sox fan, I feel like you you have the 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 more of the claim to speak first and more at length on this. Yeah, I mean, I just think that um, that that those those games aren't weren't just a Red Sox fluke. Like that's been pretty indicative of their their play. Um, I haven't caught as many games this year in general as I would like to normally. I think a big reason for that is that I'm a fan of all sports and hockey and basketball are both in the playoffs right now <laughs> simultaneously. And they're not going anywhere. So the games are on like every freaking night. But the, the, the takeaway is that for over almost two weeks straight, the Red Sox allowed no fewer than eight runs per game. So while the Red Sox offense certainly isn't anything to write home about, it's not bad enough that they should be in the hole they're in. Most of their players are in the upper 200s as far as average. Um, Xander Bogarts, I believe, is still having a hell of a year. Yep. Yep. Um, And it's just... It, it's hard it's hard to it's hard to watch the the and follow like these pitchers just get absolutely shelled it feels like it I, I was joking with people the other day that every time i hit the refresh button on like the score or some sort of web app or whatever i whatever you want to use like the score just ticks up by like five runs <laughs> when you're when you're following the red Sox. i made the joke and then i hit the refresh button and sure enough like the team had scored like three more runs i think it was the Rays at the time but um you know the Yankees absolutely brutalized the Sox um, by more than 10, 10 runs in a couple games. And the Rays scored 17 on the Sox. And it's just, you know, you can't, you can't expect an offense to step up to the plate when you're allowing over 10 runs a game. <laughs> I mean, behind the mound. That's the thing. Like the Red Sox offense, I would argue, is actually pretty good. It's just, yeah. you know, they're. They are lit. The, their pitching is putting them into this awful hole, and powering your way out of holes like that is just like really, really difficult. I will say that you know, I mean, I am not. I it's not as if that I don't want the Yankees or I'm upset the Yankees that have won ten games against the Sox. It's just like it's you know the 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 rivalry is like really uninteresting right now because. The Sox aren't even like making it close or like even coming up with like major drama. Like I, I've never felt this secure in a Red Sox. And this may sound arrogant, but it's like I'm not necessarily happy about. It. I've never felt this secure when we played the Red Sox team. Like it's yeah. just like I feel like okay, we're behind. We'll we'll get those runs back, and then we do all every time. And it's it's a it's not it's it's not a good look when the greatest rivalry in American sports is so lo- is is so lopsided uh, and uh, and yeah and I, I just I hope that the Red Sox uh, are able to like uh, get more of a fighting spirit be, 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 get more of a fighting spirit in that next year I mean you know 
Hopefully Erod recovers from his health issues around post-COVID. Hopefully Chris Dale comes back healthy, and then, you know, we'll see. But uh, it's it's discouraging to see, like, the Boston Red Sox, a franchise that has been amazing in the 21st century and was iconic in the 20th century, uh, just, just, like, pack it in in the season in this sort of way. Like, it's not just, like, you're lo- losing. It's just, like, you're losing and you don't even, like, you know... And, and and you're not even putting up a fight, and that's uh, that's uh, that's that, you never want to see that as a sports fan or a baseball fan. Agreed. Um, you know, I think a healthy rivalry rivalry is a good rivalry, and you know, you it can't be lopsided in either direction. Exactly. I feel the same way when the Yankees aren't playing well. It's like, you know, this isn't really a rivalry anymore. We're just kind of meeting up. You know, in other sports rivalries are more set by the teams that are more dominant you know what i mean mm. like oh you know right now obviously so we you know we're both in new england in new england right now you know the patriots obviously are you know have a crazy like history the last couple of decades their rivalries are more about the teams that were good yeah um rather than just people that were in the you know the what is it the afc east yeah uh yeah although i will say that the that uh that there is a little bit of an exception to that in uh, as someone who's like is a bit of a team fan from the team of Wa- of the team of Washington, which now is being rightfully renamed. Um, that like well, one exception I guess in football is the NFC East definitely does have some uh, traditional blood rivalries, like between the Washington team and Dallas, and and between and uh, and Philadelphia and and the Giants. I mean. But frankly, like that's I'd, maybe it's just because they've been around for a while, etc. But yeah. the NFC East definitely has like between those four teams, uh, certainly have a lot of there's a lot of history history behind that. And I think also you know with like the, I mean Pittsburgh too. I think had doesn't Pittsburgh also have a lot of historical stuff with in their in their division as well. As yeah, the with fan? the Ravens. Yep. Um, and I think also traditionally with the Browns and stuff too, but. But yeah, no, yeah. baseball is very much though. It's like it doesn't, like you're right though, and they like it's less really about who's doing well. Like if that if it was like football, we'd be like, oh, our new rival, we the Yankees' new rival, we at the Rays. It's like, psh, right. it's like, yeah, if the Rays beat us, we're not going to be happy about it. Um, but they're not our rival. Just simply like you know, like the great baseball rivalries, uh, oftentimes they are like you know Boston, Boston, New York, and then. You've also got, uh, you know, like Los Angeles and Los Angeles and San Francisco. So Giants Dodgers, yeah. um, which dates back to when those, both of those teams were in New York. Um, I believe Cubby's Cards is also a big rivalry too. Um, and yeah, and I mean, like, there's other folks from uh, <laughs> who are fans of other baseball teams can like chime in and such. But uh, but yeah, I mean, like, it doesn't matter if it's lopsided or not. The rivalry continues. Yeah. Um, speaking of speaking of um, hypothetical rivalries in the AL East, um, obviously you know this is a loss to the Rays. So with Tanaka's start, but looking at that right, you know, looking at that battle at the AL East um, and the Baltimore Orioles, and th- what, you know, what are your thoughts on on that whole situation? And as we are, I can't believe I'm saying this, almost halfway done with the season. Yeah, I can't believe it either. It seems like it just started. Uh, so, you know, if the Rays sweep the Yanks, which, you know, as it's 9.03 p.m. on a beautiful Wednesday night, and 
currently it is tied top of the seventh, and that's with Garrett Cole pitching. Um, that is still a possibility. Um, the Rays will have the lead. Now, the way the playoffs work and stuff, winning the division is not necessarily the uh, – it's it's not it, – it doesn't have the same uh, cachet as it does in the previous playoff system. Like, both teams would be making it to the playoffs. There's no real advantage either way. But I do think that for morale purposes – Winning the division is still still important, uh, and also perhaps for the psychology when you're battling it out in the postseason. So, which I think there's a very good chance that the Yankees and Rays will play each other in the post. So, uh, yeah, it's the Rays are a good baseball team. Uh, they also have the advantage of beating up on the Red Sox as well uh, this year too. Uh, in the meantime, you know the the Orioles have lost some ground, but you know they're 12 and 12, and you know the team is deliberately trying to tank, but they're still in the running. Um, and also the Blue Jays are ten and eleven. Like they could go on a they could go on a run and secure it. Uh, really, only it seems the really only seems that the Red Sox are out of it. And I've also seen crazy streaks happen. So you know it would be funny if we mentioned this. I mean the Red Sox did win today. That like the Sox then just come back and just do this kind of crazy sweep into that eighth place playoff spots and then just like you know like the who needs Buki run. Like I mean. It would be interesting, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, but realistically, realistically, it's a two-way race for the AL East, and uh, the Orioles and the Blue Jays, I think, both have like uh, the, a re- very realistic pathway to still making it to the playoffs. Nice. So, so yeah, so that's that's the situation there. Um, before we get on to uh, some of the traditions and ghosts of baseball. Uh, Dan, is there anything else that you're seeing in standings around the league that you're finding interesting, or any teams that you're you're looking at um, uh, that are catching your eye right now? Not really. Only to say that the Athletics continue to be this dominating force, um, but the Astros are catching up. I'm just watching them because because the Astros, <laughs> um, and I'm also amazed that despite all the Red Sox are doing, they're still not last place in the league. That still goes to the Pittsburgh Pirates, <laughs> like. The team that gave up Garrett Cole. <laughs> like, my goodness. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah, no, no. Uh, as someone with family from Pittsburgh, that hurts to see them at 4-15. Uh, yeah. It's It really does. Uh, but this is def- – it's only as, as we're getting to be uh, halfway through the season, you definitely, I think, begin to – you're beginning to see some teams begin to clearly pull away, like – we talked about how the Marlins were looking like a feel-good story, but they're now now back at nine and eight. Is they're playing those games to catch up for when they were out, and the Braves are sitting pretty at fourteen and eleven at top of that division. Similarly, the Cubbies seem to be running away at the NL Central, sixteen and eight. Um, nobody else has a record over five hundred. Uh, you know, Brewers are in second place. Dodgers, eighteen and seven in the NL West. Mookie uh, Betts, man. <laughs> uh, but. I, oddly enough, interestingly enough, though, I mean, literally every other team except for the Giants, who are lowly in nine and sixteen at the moment, have an over five hundred record in the NL West. Mm-hmm. Like that is a stacked flipping league. Uh, and actually, coming to look at it, right now, uh, four of the teams in the playoffs. If you did it right now, uh, four of the teams in the playoffs would be coming from the NL West. Wow! Because Padres are thirteen and twelve, Diamondbacks are thirteen and eleven, Rockies are thirteen and ten, and Dodgers are eighteen and seven. So, like Dodgers and Rockies make it in automatically, 
and then you get the top two. T- you get the you get the top two teams in each of the other leagues, and then that would mean like you're left with like the Phillies at nine and ten is the third, and the NL East that doesn't cut it, and the cards are six and seven in the NL Central. They have a lot of games to catch up with, but at the moment you're literally going to get the nearly the entirety of the NL West dumped into this playoffs, which is not something I think anybody was seeing. But like I mean. They seem to just be playing better National League Baseball. Uh, and uh, before we get back to that National League Baseball and a certain uh, pa- and a certain Padres player that I, I certainly believe was wronged recently, uh, you know, I mean, if that, by the same calculations, if you were to do, we've got, hold the playoffs today in the, uh, in the American League, uh, the, per- the teams that would make it in are... So the White Sox are 13-11 in third place in the Central, so they'd be one of the slots. And then, actually, it's the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah. <laughs> the team oh, that God. everybody was basically talking about last year, about, like, an example of why relegation should be considered in American professional sports. <laughs> and which everyone was just like, oh, they're going to be a joke may very well play in that like best of three wild card game thing all at the opponent's home stadium the belt i hope they win the world series this year i mean that would be the plot of if that happened they would basically have to make major league two but it's a real story i was just just gonna (laughs) say that i was just gonna say they literally have to make major i think there is a major league sorry major league three yeah. Um, and yeah, no, no, and like, I mean, come on, like, the Orioles would literally just have to lean into it at that point. Like, if the Orioles make it to the World Series, they need to just have Charlie Sheen throw out the first pitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, there's a three. <laughs> there's a three? Major League back to the minors. Major League Four. Major League Four it is. Come I'm on, I'm afraid. I don't want to do this. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. No, I'm doing it. <laughs> All right, good. Okay. Wow. Wow. Okay, I can. There is no fourth major league, so it'll be major league. Four. I, 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 I gotta say, I'm just like, I, I'm just, I, I am definitely not just look. I am definitely rooting for the Baltimore Orioles to make it to the postseason. You're just like, f your rebuild. <laughs> Let's go. Awesome. Yeah. Nothing like a good underdog story. Oh, it's I love a great underdog story. It's like the one thing that doesn't totally that does not jive whatsoever with my Yankees fandom. Uh but uh but yeah. Uh anyways, uh Dan, why don't you introduce our uh, our re- our our listeners to uh to this the situation with a very young, very promising San Diego Padres player uh who did something that some say is the worst thing you can do in baseball. <laughs> Why don't you, you know what? Why don't you just take it and run with it? Are you sure? You're on. A, you're on. A, yeah, you're on a roll. I'm gonna comment on it, but I want to get your thoughts on it. Well, this young man, and I'm gonna get his proper name because, uh, sadly, uh, I I do not watch the Padres enough. Um, it's like Padres Grand Slam. You're thinking, wait a second. How? Oh, could, sorry. It's for, yeah. So it's it's Fernando. Fernando. Uh, I think it's Tatis. Fernando Tatis. Okay, Junior. so Fernando Tatis, 21 years old, rising star, and the Padres are up 10-3 and three against the Texas Rangers. And then, what did this person do? Did he shout a he, racial slur at the pitcher? Did he charge he, him with his bat? 
He might has he might as well have Barra because what that gentleman did was he swung at a pitch when the count was three and zero. Oh. Three and zero, oh, and he hit it into the seats. Grand slam. Yes, he did. And not only that, it was a grand slam that gave him the home run lead in baseball. Yep. So like, and he hit a home run previously. So it's like two yep. home runs a grand in a game and a grand slam. Which there's a reason why it took um, Alex Rodriguez in the 21st century to break Lou Gehrig's grand slam record. Like, yep. let's be real. Um, grand slams are special because they require not only you to be able to hit a home run, but to hit a home run in the exact moment of pressure, and for your team to be good enough to get on to. To, to load up to load up the bases, but not necessarily good enough to clear the bases in time. You're there. It's a it's a random thing. So he hits a grand slam. So I think tactically, you know, I think my reaction would be like, great, this kid's on fire. What can't he do? But then he was told afterwards that there's like this unwritten rule in baseball that you're not supposed to swing at a three zero pitch uh, when you're up that amount after a certain inning. Um, I don't even like. The reason why I'm not even trying to frantically research about, like, what it is is that, like, I think it's pretty dumb. Like, you want people to, like, like exciting things like Grand Slams. You want to see young, exciting players do great things. And then you're supposed to chastise it. He literally apologized afterwards saying, well, I didn't know about this unwritten rule. I guess I'll take a strike the next time. It's like, no, don't take a strike next time. Hit it into the seats, young man. Hit it into the seats. Your thoughts, Dan? Well, I was in the right mindset to look these things up, Vera, and I, in doing so, I uncovered the entire Bible of the unwritten rules of baseball. Okay, go on. But, so here's, so ready for uh-huh. this? Don't steal bases, swing at 3-0 and pitches, or otherwise run up the score when ahead by a large margin. But there is no clear definition of what that X is or what inning the cutoff point is to stop trying to run the score. There's literally no precedent for when this is in these unwritten rules. Also, I'm going to throw this out there. I think there's a big difference. A, you know, like, there's a question of, like, you know, like, we've seen people come back from crazy things in baseball. It's the sport of it's not over till it's over. Two, there is, like, I just think there's a big difference between stealing bases um and swinging at a pitch like stealing a base is like you know you're trying to get one but uh you're 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 you're, like that's you know like you're 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 making it so the pitcher has to you know just like focus on your you know oh on the on on the backfield on just like you know like it's like it's like it extends the game it's like you almost like you know i think that there is a rule but like uh, it's like okay let's begin to move this along but you have to throw a pitch at some well to someone, and you should be able to swing at a pitch whenever it's coming at you. Like make him throw a flip, make like you know, th- make someone throw a ball, throw something that's decent. It's insane to me, and I honestly was about to chime in and say yes i agree but no i don't agree on the stealing bases thing even mm. you should be stealing bases whenever you have the opportunity you should be swinging at pitches whenever like why why is baseball the sport of giving up and 
where, where do these what do these rules come from? I, um, I, yeah, I, I think the big thing that you you spoke to, and so I was I was after this happened, I had to think about it a little bit before the show, and my takeaway is not even from a like a unwritten rule perspective, whatever perspective, from a competition standpoint, baseball is the only sport I can think of that doesn't have a clock. Right. So, like you said, it's the sport that, you know, it, it could go on indefinitely. You could theoretically, now I'm sure maybe there's an unwritten rule, you could theoretically have a game that goes on forever. Yes. I remember watching a Cubs-Yankees game that went well past midnight. It was... Yeah. It was insane, and we all saw that uh, that Dodgers Boston series that essentially right. just the one that went to three a.m. Yeah, and that exhausted the Dodgers, and essentially was a, their pyrrhic victory. Um, yep. You know, gave Mookie Betts his uh, his his <laughs> his one World Series before he he went to the Dodgers. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, uh, but but in all seriousness, like if you're playing a game, like if you're playing basketball. And you're up by 40 points halfway through the fourth quarter, or even when the fourth quarter starts. You know, you might want to rest your starters and hold back a little bit. And why would you do that? Well, you would do that because there is a timer, and the timer is eventually going to go down to zero, (laughs) and the game's going to be over. You know, and you can apply that logic to most sports. And the other thing, too, is in most sports, if a team gives up, like, think of I was watching hockey earlier. If the Bruins suddenly gave up in the third period, like the commentators would be talking about how you know how lazy they were playing and how unengaged they were if they were if they had a lead. Right. Like, why is it that in baseball it, it's it's opposite, Bill? There's also another thing that really sits wrong to me too. It's like obviously this kid is going to have a great great future. Uh, and gosh, I mean, we're talking about someone who's uh, talking about someone who's playing professional sports as a kid. Just shows how, like, even in early 30s, we're getting old. That's another thing. But, you know, he's 21. He's going to have a great future. But, like, you know what? That extra home run, those extra RBIs may, at the end of the day, be the difference of several million dollars in his contract. Like, yeah, that's true as well. It's not just, yeah. like, oh, you know, each individual game or whatever. It's just, like, you know, when your agent is negotiating for you um, in free agency, when you're before an arbitrator, and I think this may even be more important when you're before an arbitrator, you know, when you're under team control to get more money, like, you need evidence to show that you're worth the money that they're that they're paying you. Uh, and so, just like, why are you working against your own se- your your own self interest? Uh, it's just like it's it's a. It's it's not a good look, and I'm glad you brought up basketball because my friend Richard he pointed this out on Facebook. It's like uh, this hundred like what do you what do you mean uh, this hundred well, that like you know what, what, what are people who are saying they shouldn't do this like what about like uh, Wilt the Stilts hundred point game like is yeah. that running up the score is that bad sportsmanship uh, I I think again and again this is a sport without a clock as you said there is no way to really there is no safe score in baseball um, right. people can and will put together crazy rallies and if you deplete your pitching staff suddenly it gets really difficult to stop a crazy rally right like it's just like a, you can rally back from anything anything so why should i why should i respectfully decline to swing at a meatball going right down the middle of the plate and this is the other th- on a three and count. And this is the other thing too which is like also thing is just like 
I did not like is that like Tatis didn't. It's not that like this guy gave him a meatball and then Tatis held back. This guy gave him a strike on the corner of the plate, and Tatis reached out and put it into the seats. That was yeah. not an. While it was not the hardest pitch for him to hit, it was a strike. It was also not like an easy pitch to put into the seats whatsoever. Right. Um, so it was just like he's also getting nicked for being a good hitter. <laughs> it's like, come on, uh, come on, guys. Like, like and, and also I think being a gutsy one. Like, I think pro- I don't know what it looked like coming out of uh, coming towards him, but I think also that's probably he may have figured like, oh, okay, this may have been a ball or whatever. And I think there's a question of like, okay, take it. But like he was also like, I can turn this into a strike. I mean, I can turn this into a into a home into a grand slam. Uh, so, so yeah. I mean, you know, Chris Rock in his spe- oh, in in one of his commentaries for um, uh, I for I think it was for HBO. I think it's for Real Sports with Brian Gumble. I want to say um, he was taught. It was about you know like the decline of like the percentage of black of black players playing baseball. But he was also saying about like how he was blaming. The lack of engagement of black baseball fans, but I think this maybe uh, got to things in general with people on uh, on a lot of these unwritten rules where like people really get like dinged for for doing things like celebrating or 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 bat flipping when you hit a home run. And I mean, do you think that like the unwritten rules are just like annoying, or do you think they actually are kind can be an active barrier to people becoming fans of a sport who haven't like grown up with it or aren't in like baseball areas like New York and, and, uh, and Boston and Chicago. I don't think that they necessarily are the things that lead to a sport becoming unwatchable for younger fans. I, but I think they're indicative of why the sport is unwatchable <laughs> for younger fans. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. The it's, it's the inability to change with the times mm. that, that is, um, you know, that'd be like, again, while we're, we're, we're on the basketball analogy, that would be like if when Steph Curry and some of these players started nailing all these threes and the NBA was just like, listen, listen, guys, you really can't shoot threes like that. Like, that's just disrespectful to, to be shooting all these threes all the time instead of going to the going to the, the, the board. And it's just like, really? Like, grow with the times. Make something and you know fun to watch. There's a reason why I watch very you know a lot fewer baseball games than I used to. It just the game just goes on forever. It's no fun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for me, I've always like I've always been someone who, in many ways, I think enjoys some of the more boring aspects of baseball and like or quite yeah. boring. And that like I actually really like pitchers duels. Um, I think mm-hmm. I'm aware of why is that you know it's a swifter game too when the pitchers just striking everybody out on both sides. Um, yeah. But, you know, I do think that, and I do think that there has been a conscious effort to just, like, get a little, like, you know, there is more celebrating now. I think that's more, like, there was the whole let the kids play, like, thing in terms of uh, this one. And I think that the pushback on this is also indicative of, like, people are like, yeah, we really should be a sport where, like, we're celebrating young kids just mashing stuff. Because uh, I definitely think that makes a, makes a better game. Uh, I will say this, uh... One of the interesting rules that they put forward that they're trying out for the first time here is they're doing like the international rule for extra innings where each team starts with a with a runner on second base. Um, right. Yeah. What do you think about that? Do you think that that's something that they should continue on into the into the future? Is like a way to make sure like the game ends swifter in extra innings, or do you think that the 
the extra inning grind either way is uh where it can like go on for for a lot longer is a uh, is 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 better i'll tell you what give me a pitch clock and you can take all the extra innings you need yeah but also <laughs> but but also any um I think anything to speed up the game is like I won't prescribe for the solution. So I, I will say, if you need me to answer your question, yes or no, I think that would be great. But also, the reason why I'm saying that is just because I think that we need to speed up the game. Mm. We need to get these games, these nine inning games, away from being four and a half hours long. People just standing there, getting reading up their pitch and then going for it. Yeah. No, I mean, have you have you watched an old baseball game recently? No. Go go back and like find an ESPN classic or something and watch the speed of the old base of old baseball games. Like even like even if I go back and and watch um, Pedro pitch, it's like if it feels honestly it feels like it's on fast forward. It's so fast. Wait a second. So you're saying the game's actually gotten slower? Oh yeah. Interesting. So like oh yeah. So it, that's that's fascinating. I mean. I think that there's definitely something then to be said to uh, to a fast about um, about a pitch clock then if it can if it can bring bring people back to that level um, and I say that as as a tank fan who can certainly take his time in the tank uh, and also I mean you know I think a lot of times you just like you adjust to it I mean like the whole mound visits thing like nobody even gets close to that anymore because people have just adjusted to okay you just can't have ten thousand mound visits now. Right, they had to make a rule for it, though. They did, right? They a hundred percent did. Um, like Gary Sanchez and Tanaka would mound visit all the fucking time, continuously. Right, right, <laughs> right. No more meetings, y'all. <laughs> Figure like, it out. Or, or very few meetings, exactly. You know, all those rules are great. Let's keep it up, and and make this thing faster. But pitches are taking longer. Batters are stepping out of the box and taking timeouts. You know, you had those mound visits, so they alleviated that. Um. Yeah, There's I just think so many little things. I think the bat, batters, bat, batters, uh, batters step, better stepping out of the box. I think is something that like you know is is also something you could definitely done. Also, you can just like freaking make it so that you know there's a certain time period you have to just get up and start hitting. Um, you know, like you know, decrease your walk up time. You. Um, yeah, I think yeah. all these things would be would be fine and good. Uh, do you want to hear any more of the unwritten rules? Sure. Throw 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 me a few more unwritten rules. Don't steal bases or strut after home runs when behind by a large margin. Don't steal Don't. bases when you're behind by a large margin? Yep. Wait, aren't you trying to catch up? Yeah, Barra. But, you know, it's disrespectful because the other team's already beating you by so much. Yes, that that I take great offense to. Like, come on, don't don't swing at the first. This is this is kind of like the other, like the the one that sparked the whole conversation. But don't swing at the first pitch after the pitcher has allowed back to back home runs. What like the hell? again, if a meatball is coming straight down the plate on the first pitch, I'm swinging at it. Put it like, into the stands. <laughs> Throwing at hitters is the conventional retaliation. You know, this is something that, you you know, I'm not necessarily, I don't know. This is just old, that's another old school thing that's like, all right, like. Like, I, I, I don't get the, I, 
the whole throwing at hitters for violating this stupid shit makes no sense. Like, I mean, I get, you know, if there's, like, bad blood or someone badmouthed someone or someone tried to spike somebody, but, like, throwing mm-hmm. at a hitter for, like, for driving your previous pitcher out of the game because you hit the third home run off of him on the <laughs> first pitch? Like, come on. Come on. <laughs> Here goes back to your um, superstition. Mm. Don't talk about a no-hitter that's in progress. Oh, yeah, no, that's reasonable. That no one no one should talk about a no-hitter when in progress. But that doesn't affect the competitiveness of the game. Uh... Here's an A-Rod one for you. Don't yell anything when an opposing fielder is trying to catch a ball. That's I can I can get I can get behind that one too. That's that makes more sense. I can and I can't at the same time. Because I feel like what I struggle with there is that the like imagine any other sport where the players aren't trashing each other the whole time and yelling things at each other while they're doing stuff that happens in every other sport however what I struggle with is there's a lot of times in baseball like what what A-Rod did was like he yelled I got it when a Blue Jays player had his like eyes way up in the air trying to catch a ball so it's kind of like <laughs> yeah man A-Rod <laughs> You're a bad man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, it, you know, I don't know if there's a protocol there. Like, the guy couldn't look down and up, but, the, you know, they're trying to follow the ball, this tiny white ball in midair. So, what you're saying but, is is that, like, the whole, like, I got it from A Rod, that strikes you as unfair. But if A Rod instead was saying, drop it, drop it, I just slept with your mom last night, drop it, that would be acceptable. Yes, yes. I think so. I think that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and to be fair, that is what they're getting from the stands. So in many ways, that is also... <laughs> I mean, seriously, one of the things that's been nice about the NBA and NHL without the crowds is that you can hear the people crap talking each other the whole time. Mm. It's pretty great. Nice. Who have you found is the is the finest of trash talkers um, that you've seen in, in these playoffs? Um, I don't know exactly. I mean, I've been following a lot of Celtics, obviously. Some others, like some of the Clippers players are good. Beverly, Patrick Beverly's been good. Uh, um, Marcus Smart, of course, for the Celtics has been a good one. Um, I don't know. People are just yelling at each other, swearing at each other, in each other's face. You know, right now the thing is Marcus Smart has a beef with um, Joel Embiid. You know, and Beatle trash talk, you know, players. Nice. So it's, it's, it's pretty fun. No, I can, I can, uh, I can, verily can I dig it. Uh, that's great. So do we want to look ahead to, uh, to our next, to, yeah, to the next time our man is on the mound? I think we should. Cool. And that's going to be, you just told me before the cast, <laughs> but it's against the Mets. Sunday, anyway. Sunday versus the Mets is, uh, is when ESPN is telling me he's gonna gonna get his next yes. start. It's gonna be a, an afternoon game, ah. So we'll see. Ah. We'll see how that works. Uh, against the against the New York New Mets. York rivals. Yes. Uh, and uh, who are doing okay? Yeah, yeah. They have a losing record, but they're they're hanging in there. No, um, uh, it'll be interesting to see how how that shit. How that shapes up, I'll be interested to see about how much of uh, if he how much of a bounce back Uncle Wood he gets, if any. 
uh, you know, Uru, it's the the Mets are kind of like are the Mets are a rival to the Yankees, but of course, it's nothing to the degree that the Yankees, Red Sox, or you know, Yankees, Dodgers back in the day. Um, yeah. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, I am definitely definitely curious. Uh, I think that Tank definitely has the tools. That is the main thing I'm worried about is whether we're going to see that early season uh, speed off his fastball come back up and also how much of his location is going to be there. I mean, I'm pretty sure, not going to that he'll get that, but then the question is that if that location is going to be mixed in with um, some filthy heat. So that's what, I, that's, that's what I'm going to be looking at uh, for sure. Well, I think he's going to come back with a vengeance. Nice. I think he's going to go... I think the Yankees are going to win. And I think he's going to go... I think he's going to go five innings. Yeah, so you think he's going to be able to put himself in the in the line for the win. Um, they, I haven't seen them put in a pitch count for them for this. He did go up to 70 this time, so uh, with 80, he should be able to realistically get into the fifth, uh, to get to the fifth inning. Um, and it's interesting enough, they did put him, they pulled him after their, you know, the beginning of the fifth inning, but I mean, I think they were willing to see, okay, can you, can you get through this? Uh, and then, you know, so I know you clearly don't have it really for real. They pulled them, but, but yeah, I think that, uh, I think he's going to go at least 80 pitches and we'll see how far that takes him. But I think at least into the fifth inning, uh, I'm going to go say that if he, if he's on, he's going to pitch into the sixth inning. Um, so that's, uh, that's my prediction on that. I will say too, that about the Red Sox, um, I think that they somehow have the uh, the reverse New York Mets problem right now. <laughs> that the Mets have had some of the finest pitching staffs in baseball over the last few years and with ridiculous ERAs and they just haven't been able to win games. And I genuinely think the Red Sox have a good offense, even with like the bad attendee problem and no Mookie Betts for all that main means and J.D. Martinez kind of just like skulking. <laughs> they still got a pretty good offense. It's just... Yeah. Uh, that pitching man <laughs> and guess what the record tells us that pitching is more important than uh, than offense oh 100 percent um pitching is the pitching is the soul of baseball you can't you need a decent you need a decent staff uh yep and you can get i think what you've been seeing uh is is that like you can get creative with how that staff is constructed see how the rays have have been with like pioneer the opener um so you just like you know the uh, the uh, what's the face of the Kansas City Royals and how they took advantage of just having that lights out bullpen is like their big pitching strength. But uh, at the end of the day, that classic series with the Giants, like uh, it turns out, you really need one great pitcher sometimes to win a World Series. Yep. <laughs> and yeah, Bass and Bumgarner won that thing. It was essentially like without him, the Royals would have gotten uh, a World Series a year beforehand, but they then they did, but. You know, when you win two games and then close and then lights out, finish the other one, the the final one is just like it's the most. That it, 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 it remains the most amazing pitching performance I've ever seen in baseball in a series in baseball, and I saw and I and I became like a true diehard baseball fan seeing that uh, Schilling and Brandy Johnson and Clemens and. and <laughs> battle it out in 2001 like that was that was a, a pitcher's duel series uh and if i ever saw one and yeah but nothing compares to what massive bumgarner did then yep cool. so uh i think that's it do you have anything else that we you, that uh 
that we want to tell our readers before we uh, sign off, my friend? I don't think so. Just again, that you can catch us at spoilermedia.net slash TanakaCast or on any podcasting apps by searching TanakaCast from the search bar on Spotify, iTunes, um, et cetera, et cetera. All right. So Good. Well, we'll catch you uh, either Sunday or Monday, probably. Yes, indeed. Depending on schedules. And I look forward once again to connecting with you on the next start. As do I. And uh, see you all after that next start, folks. See you then.